How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is Frank Madden. And yes, Frank, we are Locked on Bucks again. We are not Locked on Sadness. We are not Locked on Wondering Why Anyone Would Ever Want to Be a Bucks Fan. Uh, we're powering through. And, you know, that's that's just what we got to do as, as, a, as a Bucks fan. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to ask, how are you? And I, I think I already know the answer. I've been better, Eric. I've been better. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I think I, I'm not. I'm. I can't decide if this is worse. First time towards ACL. Um, I don't know. I, I really. Uh, it's. It's not the kind of thing you. You. Uh, you. You want to have to even think about choosing between. But. Um, I. Uh, I think. People probably got the sense last night from our depressing conversation that we were expecting the news that we got today about Jabari tearing his ACL and. In a weird way, I was happy to hear that he didn't tear anything else in his knee, at least not from what we've heard. And, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, this is um, a huge setback for Jabari and, and a huge, a huge setback for the franchise. And uh, um, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the ramifications um, both today and and obviously <laughs> for for quite some time because once again, Jabari Parker's NBA career has been put on hold and sort of the most in a, the most cruel way i was gonna ask you do you remember when he did it the first time in that release and what we heard then they mentioned because he also did pcl in that one right it was acl and... no no it was just a straight tear of the acl so the first time there wasn't anything else for some reason i was thinking there was no. oh okay um yeah, so I, I guess I, I know I asked Kid if there was anything else with it, PCL, MCL, meniscus, <laughs> anything else, and he said, well, you know, I'm not a doctor, so all I know is ACL, um, and that's kind of all the, really anything we've heard, um, and anything released was just an ACL, so hopefully that's the case, because I would assume they would have said if there was something more. Um, there, but yeah, the, I, <laughs> the funny thing, I, I mean, there's, there's not really positives to be taken from someone tearing an ACL, but uh, I mean, you would kind of hope that if it could just be that and nothing else in the knee, no other muscles, uh, tendons, anything else affected, that would be great. Um, and you, you can kind of just go from there. So, uh, Bucks announced it today. 12 months is uh, the estimated recovery and rehabilitation period uh, for Jabari. So, kind of, you, you tweeted it out last night that, that that was kind of what you were expecting as a time frame, and that's kind of what we heard today. So, um, I guess there's plenty of questions to ask, Frank, but I, I guess the first one that comes to mind is where do the Bucks go from here? 
Is this a, a situation where you sell off everything that you have, any asset you have, strip it down and uh, just go for a top pick and uh, try to move, I guess, the contending line, the, the timeline down two years? Um, is this a situation where you kind of play it out? Um, is this a situation where you live with the guys that you have now and try to get them going um i guess what where is your head at as far as where the bucks go from here yeah i mean i i think if the bucks were you know in the eighth spot or something like that and you know you felt like they were playing decently prior to the to the jabari injury and um you know you thought things were at least in a decent place then that would be one thing because um you know i think there's a good argument to be made that when you have a player of Giannis's caliber that, you know, you, you just try to push forward with it and uh, you try to get him in the playoffs and you try to get him that experience and um, you just see where you can go. But, you know, so much of the Bucks' sort of thesis as a franchise is, is predicated on having both Giannis and Jabari and uh, obviously Middleton coming back as well. And, you know, you just look at how poorly this team has played of late and the trend that they were going in, which, you know, again... Um, pretty much every projection model had them as you know kind of becoming a long shot here to make the playoffs anyway and you know I, I don't think we can I mean when I think about like okay Bucks 2020 championship odds I mean I don't know how to factor Jabari Parker into that at this point um, I know medical advances have been amazing and you know we saw him obviously recover from his first ACL and look super bouncy and not having lost any athleticism at all and I don't know I hope I hope we can say the same after the second surgery, but who knows, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's tough to to kind of just assume that Jabari is just going to come back and be the type of player that you know we were hoping he'd become, you know, as of last week when when we thought he had recovered, obviously from the knee injury, and we weren't worried about another one. So I think you just sort of put Jabari over to the side, and and you know you just say, okay, this team is Giannis, this team is Middleton, this team is Thon that's kind of it as far as like key really building block type potential players and so given that this team looked like it was headed for the lottery anyway i mean you know i don't know if you need to do a whole lot as <laughs> as far as yeah uh you know you're not going to go out and ask these guys to go tank I, I would never do that but um i think the big question for me is you know a guy like greg monroe who we've said all for, for quite some time He's probably playing too well slash doesn't probably have enough trade value given that he can opt out to really be worth trading for the Bucks. I think that that's the main thing that changes for me now is I just sort of view it as, you know, Thon's playing well or Thon's playing and showing he can play. So I want to get Thon on the court. I've got a billion centers and Greg Monroe is the only one that really has to play on a nightly basis. Um, and Greg Monroe is probably expiring and, and leaving um, or that's my guess. So is there anything you can get for him? And if in doing so you hurt the team and improve your lottery odds, at this point I'm fine with that. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing that they'll just be horrible, but let's be honest, they've been pretty bad. And, I mean, the Bucks have been actually pretty awesome with Jabari on the bench this year, so it could be like his rookie year where actually they may not miss him nearly as much as people might think. But... Um, but I, I just think you have to really reassess where this team is, and I, I don't. I think you the incentive to go reload with a higher draft pick I think is so much stronger now 
with Jabari's, you know, next couple years really in doubt. It's interesting that you go to Monroe as the guy that you're trying to figure out where they where they go or or I guess maybe use him as a as a compass to what direction they're heading in cuz to me I think it gets interesting with with Mirza Teletovic and with Matthew Dalvadova because because I thought those two are obviously your your most recent free agent signings and guys that you kind of signed because you envisioned them fitting a certain way with this roster and adding a certain certain skill set uh, in each kind of scenario in each player adding a certain skill set that would help out your team kind of help you over the hump and fill in those spots um that that you wanted to get better in and now you have each of them signed up for Toledovich will be two years after this Delavidova three and you're, you're trying to figure out where you're going with them and for me that's the bigger thing because because I, I don't know if trading Monroe or Henson if those things are any different than they were a month ago, two months ago, six months ago, I, th- I think those two guys have been guys that the Bucks have been willing to move for a while. I-, I think the more interesting thing is if they're willing to concede that, hey, our timeline now moved back for contending, whatever you may want to say, move back two years. So let's, I don't know if you want to say punt, but let's let's move those guys that we brought in that were supposed to help us make this jump, make this leap, take this next step. Let's trade those guys away, sell them off for parts, however you want to look, uh, make those moves, and then take some new swings in free agency whenever you want to take those swings in free agency, whether that's this summer, whether that's the summer after. do Do you all of a sudden think, okay, well, let's strip this thing down, Let's go bare bones. And to me, those are two of the plays that would be the most interesting to me is if those two guys are guys that you're looking to sell off and uh, try to move forward and, like you said, try to not necessarily hurt the team but kind of hit the reset button and give yourself another chance in free agency to take a couple more swings and see if you can get it right a second time because I'm not necessarily sure that you'd be sold that you got it right this first time. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of them honestly in part because, you know, with, especially with Toledovich, I mean, you you need somebody to play the backup forward slash one of the starting forward spots. Um, and, again, I mean, they have some options now with Middleton coming back. I mean, you know, again, he's obviously not 100%, but um, it, interestingly, it seemed like Kid wants to play him at small forward rather than at shooting guard, perhaps, I guess, because of defensive reasons because they don't want him having to guard I don't know smaller no you guards or something like no that? Or you what, know the reason the argument there you know the reason you gotta get jet minutes uh, I was I was about to say wait <laughs> are you going in jet that direction I mean, I mean that's absolutely uh, what it is when before the game when we asked him kind of how do you you get middle 10 minutes and how do you try to balance all that stuff and he's like well you know we're gonna have to we got a lot of guys that we got to balance off the bench and uh he may cut into some minutes for guys like Mirza guys like uh Michael Beasley and it was just like what is he Chris Middleton plays Chichen? shooting guard like <laughs> there's a old man getting 20 minutes a game off the bench as a shooting guard right now why wouldn't he take those minutes and uh, again I I 
as the season has gone along, I've understood that uh, Jason Kidd very much prioritizes those Terry minutes and thinks that he has a great effect on the team. I get that, and I've come to terms with that as the season's gone on. But, man, it doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense to to crunch minutes for Beasley and Teletovich when Jason Terry has played as much as he has in the last two to three months. But, yeah, I, I think yeah, that's the reason. It, 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 it seemed like kid was just like throwing a softball to Buck's Twitter when he made that comment about you know, like, didn't he say something about how he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get Giannis, Jabari, and, and uh, Middleton on the court together or something like that which is just like, just like you know, slap your, yourself in the face and just be like, man you, you what? I mean, and <laughs> I don't know I, I just assumed, I, I apparently I was giving Jason Kidd the benefit of the doubt that it was for, you know, Middleton's health and somehow, you know, trying to get him against Maybe some some less mobile guys or something, but I mean, um, we we but, we, well, we he can was, give he was him right. That he was right. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get Giannis, Jabari, and Milton on the court together at this point. So yeah, um, unfortunately, he was right for very different reasons. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they have some some options there. Um, but I, the thing is, I mean, I guess I didn't really th- I don't really think of that so much because it's just like those guys don't have any like real positive value to me, I guess. I mean, obviously, you don't think so. I feel like there'd be teams that would willingly sign up th- that Toledovich contract and think that they can leverage his shooting much better than the bucks have. Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I don't mind in, in, in a, from a general value standpoint. I mean, I, judging by our, our mentions into on Twitter, <laughs> I think like we're the only people who like think Mirza Toledovich is like not the worst thing in the world. I'd agree. Um, Buck's Twitter just loves Michael Beasley from from what we can tell and hates Mirza Teletovic. Um You know, every time I feel like every every game where Mirza Teletovic like misses like one or two shots, people are like, "How the hell does he play minutes <laughs> over Beasley?" And whenever Beasley's terrible, like nobody tweets that. And no, I, no, I don't know. It just seems kind Never. of weird. Um, and also, it seems to ignore the fact that like Beasley often does play over Teletovic. Like they've played almost the exact same number of minutes this year. I mean, it's, kids just rotating them so. I don't know, but um, but I, I do find it a little weird because like Mirza so obviously like compliments Giannis better than Beasley, and you think just makes so sort of, much sense. You'd think you'd oh. think people would be like kind of doing anything to compliment Giannis, and like Giannis and and uh, and Toledovic, I think have been infinitely better than Beasley and, and Giannis in terms of on court, off court. So I don't know, whatever. I mean, I know I, I fully admit. I mean, Toledovic has not obviously been been great this year. I mean. He's, his three point percentage isn't bad, but um, but you know I think people get annoyed with his 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 driving and kind of random off the dribble. And Let me continue that. there. I tweeted this the other day. His three point rate is higher than it was last season. Yeah. Like so uh, again, I understand the frustrations. Like you watch him and you think, God, please stop dribbling, please stop trying to make plays, like please stop doing those things. But I don't know that he could literally shoot more threes. Yeah. Well, that's why his that's why his, his true shooting mark is he's at like fifty four percent true shooting, which is pretty much average. Um, even though he hasn't, you know, he's been bad inside the arc and um, hasn't shot great from three. And uh, but you know, he's still average. I mean, and to Beasley's credit, Beasley's been more efficient. You know, I mean, yeah. And and he can go get you buckets, right? And um, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they do it. I mean, he is kind of you know in terms of like guys who who are kind of versions of one another on this team. I mean, Beasley and Jabari are sort of the obvious guys because they're both kind of 
bucket getters who don't really do much else, you know, and, yeah. and obviously that's always been the concern with Jabari is that he would, you know, be kind of a hollow bucket getter, right? And yeah. Beasley's Beasley's been a 20-point hollow bucket getter at, at stages in his <laughs> career, so he kind of knows that. But obviously off the bench as kind of a microwave-type guy, there, there's there's certainly value in, in having a guy like Michael. Um, I feel like his defense has kind of gone off the rails a bit after showing some some decent signs early, but um, you know, on paper they're going to need all these guys. I think with with Jabari's you know thirty some minutes uh, off the table, um, so it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll see a fair bit of fair bit of all of them, and um, yeah. Okay, let's let's get back in. Um, so, guys that could get traded, um, fire sale, etc. Thinking about like that idea of the Bucks just trading off parts um let's let's go through the roster and let me ask you if you think there's a chance or or what the chances are so monroe do you think it's likely that they they go down that road i think if they go down the road of of selling off parts i think he's the most obvious guy because a he's expiring most likely opting out b he plays a position where you have a young guy that would play more if, if Greg Minow was not around. Um, and C, if you're trying to um, optimize your draft position, getting rid of arguably your second best player um, yeah. would be an obvious way to do that. So okay. to me, he, he's kind of the obvious guy. You know, if, if Operation Optimize 2017 draft pick uh, is engaged, Monroe giving away Monroe for, you know, an expiring contract and you know i don't know what the heck you get for greg monroe but giving away giving him away for for a you know modest deal or you know modest value um seems like something you could do okay i think that that sounds totally logical to me um i do wonder what his value is but okay uh john henson well i guess it's kind of tied to monroe right i mean um would they you know I mean, Henson, I think, is is kind of when the Bucks were were trying to go for the playoffs. I think Henson made sense to to try to move because we also didn't think we they could trade Miles Plumlee. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, it's probably less urgent that you trade Henson. But you know, again, you have Thon Maker looking like you know he's going to you know be the next guy who takes all of John Henson's minutes, which is sort of a a rotating prize uh, among Bucks big men and. So again, like, do you need John Henson making ten million a year for the next three years? Probably not. Does he have much value? I, I don't know if he has much value, but there's probably some team out there that would take him, given he's, you know, in in his prime, like twenty six, block some shots. Um, I think people could talk themselves into him. So, and and his the contract isn't bad. So, um, okay. but I mean, again, like, you're probably not going to trade all these guys. Yes, um, I, I do think you're probably. Right in thinking Monroe over Henson as far as centers go. Uh, Mirza, what do you think the chances of them actually moving him would be? I guess not not bad because, again, as you said, uh, three-point shooting is, is of paramount value and, and having a guy like him um, you know, could, could help a number of teams. Um, you know, Are you going to get real value for him? Probably not, right? It would probably just be more of a salary dump, and, and you're just trying to open up cap space for, for next summer. Um, but given that he makes you know $10.5 million, that there is some real value to be had there. So, um, so I, think that's, I think it's certainly in play, but you know, by the same token, um, you signed him, I think, to complement Giannis and give Giannis more room to operate. And 
I'm still pro Giannis having room to operate. So <laughs> I, I, you know, like I don't hot take just to, yeah, just to dump his salary just for the sake of freeing up more cap space. You know, do I really expect the Bucks to go, you know, hit a home run in free agency? Not really. So I just as soon keep Mirza and and uh, and you know have have Giannis have at least one kind of stretch four on the roster next year. All right, um, let's go to someone who uh, a certain player in Cleveland may be interested in, Matthew Delvadova. So if you trade Delvadova, you pretty much have to get a, a point guard back, right? Like you don't have any. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like granted, I know Giannis can can be primary ball handler more than he has been, and I don't know, you could. Is anybody talking themselves into Jet actually playing like actual point guard? I mean, they when Delhi was hurt, it was pretty much Giannis being point Giannis with with Jet kind of playing off ball. Yeah. So you could do stuff like that, but I mean, not a lot of teams are cool with having basically one sort of normal point guard on the roster. And so, so I, I would I assume know. if you're training Delhi, it'd be some sort of package um, to get a point guard, like you say, like Delhi and Monroe. Um, Deli and Teletovich, something of that nature. Um, so you're going to say not very likely on Deli, yes? Uh, I'd say less likely. But and the other thing, too, is his age. Like, you know, he's like Mirza's 31, I think he is. Yep. Um, so he's obviously, you know, not getting better. I'm not to say Deli's getting better. Um, but I think if you trade him, it's because, you know, you m- thought you made a mistake on him, not because um, he suddenly doesn't fit into your plan. I mean, you're still basing your team around Giannis. You still want sort of placeholder cheaper starting or not even just starting but rotation point guards around him um i don't think delvisov is as bad as he has been um so i think he still has a role but probably it shouldn't be as a you know guy playing you know high 20s in minutes maybe he's more of a 20 minute guy um so i don't think you have to trade him um I'd guess he'd probably be less likely okay so i'm not going to ask you about hibbert and haas because i think it's assumed that both of them are very available um, you're building around those guys i mean that's the, that's the <laughs> right now. um so i'm I'm gonna keep them out of it so of those four players we just talked about percent chance um let's oh, that you're kill me with the derek that one of those four get traded this is a this is a steve von horn move where you ask me these questions that that i haven't been prepared for um percentage that one of those guys gets traded. one of them it doesn't have to be all of them just one um, I don't know. This is the interesting question because probably my biggest complaint about the Bucks of the last decade is that it's not just that they were that they like didn't want to tank. It's that they never want they never knew when to give up. You know, like Herb <laughs> Cole teams like they're clearly like not going anywhere, and it's just like nope, not selling at the deadline. <laughs> um, and so this is a chance, and and again, I mean, it's different ownership, but you know the curse of that first year where everything kind of broke right and they win 41 games and everybody suddenly, you know, gets that taste of winning and nobody wants to admit that like, yeah, you know, you're, you're a ways off. Um, so I, I don't know. I'd have to be convinced that, that ownership is willing to bite the bullet. The, the upside, and I hate to say there's any upside with the Jabari Parker injury is that maybe it gives them cover to say, okay, we got to reassess some things and we're okay kind of taking a step back for the rest of the season, especially with the team taking a step back even before Jabari was hurt. So, um, so maybe I'll say, maybe I'll give ownership benefit of the doubt and say that they realize that 
it's pointless to sort of, you know, chase the ninth seed because that, you know, there's not a lot of chasing going on right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll say 70% one of those guys. Oh, hey. I'll go really high. Okay. I'll go really high. I thought I was going to be high saying I'm I'm probably at like 55% that one of those four get traded. So that you would go up there. All right, Frank, I see you. I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably just being wish maybe that's wishful thinking, but Hey, that's fine. Um, we can we can have some you, we can have some wishful thinking. We can have some hope on this podcast every once in a while. Yeah. Um not a lot not a lot of hope, but well, know, obviously. tiny <laughs> tiny little smidgen of hope. Um all right. Other things I want to discuss with Jabari. Um, so I, I think one of the big conversations both you and I were preparing to have, um, we already had it multiple times last summer. Um, we were going to have it certainly at the end of this year, and it was always, is Jabari worth a maximum contract? Because this would be the summer where you'd sign that early extension um, and kind of do the same thing that you did with Giannis last summer. And I think we both assumed that an extension would get done we weren't 100 percent sure if it'd be a max or not but we we felt pretty confident that it was happening so from there what what do the bucks do now because uh part of me thinks when i i look at the warriors and kind of what they did they saw I, i'm gonna call it the steph curry glass ankles contract like they signed him to that was it four for 44 and he was no one was sure if he was actually going to be able to stay healthy throughout his career no one knew kind of what he was and then he turned into an mvp candidate and they had a crazy bargain with steph curry and that kind of allowed them to make all these trades bring in all these players and pay all these other guys and assemble an insane team even before this year with the cap jump and adding Durant. before that they already were paying a ton of guys and and curry wasn't one of them so part of me wonders this offseason do you see the bucks try to get that early extension whether they would go four years probably not maybe three years or something i actually i don't even know can you go three years or if you do an early extension does it have to be four that would be a question for you um, I think you can do an extension for three. I, you know, honestly, I hadn't really thought it because I mean, pretty much they only do they typically Correct. only do them for four or if it's a, a designated player five. Um, but I mean, it's sort of these things like why are you signing a guy early and then only doing it for three years? Like it doesn't, yeah, you know. Certainly. So, so I guess it's kind of like saying I want to. Will you marry me for you know five years <laughs> or something? You know, it's just yeah. like you're either in it for the for the max you can do or you know you're not um so so i guess to me there's i think there's major risk and reward on both sides where with the bucks you you take the risk of all right sign this guy early and you're not going to see him come back from that second surgery you're you're not going to see what he looks like yet like you have to sign him before getting to see him for a second time granted he would be just 22 um and you're you're signing a young player who you've seen score 20 points per game in a season um so there there's some value to be had but you're taking a risk not getting to see him but at the same time if he can come back and be a 20 point scorer and you sign him at i don't even know what the four for 44 equivalent would be in this current cap landscape like four for 64 maybe somewhere around there uh more 
four for 70, four for 72, somewhere around whatever it may, I'm trying to think what it would be. I'm bad at math. Um, so whatever it may be, you can try to do that. Uh, and if you do sign him at that deal and then he does end up being able to do what he does, then all of a sudden you have a great deal. And for Jabari, he's taking some risk in that, well, maybe I'm worth way more money when I come back. Maybe I'm totally unaffected by this and I can still be a great player. And then at the same time, there's a reward of, Hey, if I sign a a very cheap deal, I'm going to get this money no matter what. And if that second surgery ruins me and I can never play basketball again, I got a whole mess of guaranteed money. Um, so I, I think it's interesting from both perspectives and I'm, I would just be one interested to hear if, you think that's even something that they entertain or they just go to restrictive free agency the next year. That seems more likely, um, but not nearly as much fun to discuss or think about. Um, and also to, can you do incentivized contracts? Like how incentivized of a contract can you do in the NBA? Those are nerdy cap questions that only you would know. Sorry, what was that last bit? I'm, I was just reading something on contract extensions. What what was that last bit? About incentives, how much incentivizing can you do in the NBA? Because I, I don't think that's something that is, there's really a ton of. Um, I, I think you hear more about incentivized contracts in like the NBA, or excuse me, in the NFL, in maybe Major League Baseball a little bit, but not so much in the NBA. Can you do some, some of those things? Um, just go cap nerd on me. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think typically with usually you see more non-guaranteed teams just put non-guaranteed money in deals um and honestly i I would not expect to see that for for jabari i i mean i know that in practice there's some appeal and the idea of you know tying um tying some of his money to performance but look i mean that that kind of stuff happens for everybody i mean i don't think chandler parsons had any incentive any real big incentive money in his $94 million contract he signed after, you know, however many knee injuries he's had, um, you know, Wes Matthews signed a monster deal coming off an Achilles when, you know, he was a fair bit older and people have not great histories of bouncing back <laughs> from Achilles injuries. So I think the landscape of the NBA, we've seen that teams will sign guys coming off of major injuries. Um, even if they're injuries that are more, maybe more difficult to come back from than an ACL or, if it's a player with a long history of, of you know, a certain type of injury. Um, so I can see the appeal in doing kind of like incentive-laden contracts or, um, you know, saying, oh, let's put some non-guaranteed money in there. But I think with a guy like Jabari, my guess is you would just see a lower figure probably um, because, again, I mean, if it's like really incentive-laden, then um, how much insurance is it even providing him you know yeah, like if it's yeah. you know like if you say you know if i'm sure some people will, would say oh well make it you know so he only gets paid half as much if he does you know misses a bunch of games and it's like well at that point you know i don't know is that really even something that jabari you know cares about does he think he can come back um in 2018 and uh you know go into restricted free agency and someone will take a chance on him you know even if he doesn't have a good season coming yeah. back from the injury right so I, I would be I would be surprised if if it got really funky I don't think it would be um, now the question of whether there could be maybe a slightly discounted extension um, in order to maybe give him that level of uh, 
you know, a safety net and, and, you know, the Bucks feel like they're taking care of him and maybe getting that at a bit of discount. I could see that. Um, I don't know where, where the number would have to be, to be honest. Uh, that's I where I'm fascinated by. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. I mean, you know, I've been fascinated to know whether Jabari would take the Giannis contract, four years, 100, given that um, his max would be, you know, a fair bit higher than that. I want to say the four-year max for him would have been like something on the order of like 116 or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so, you know, again, to even take the Giannis uh, contract would have involved you know something of a discount yeah um so i think it'll be interesting to see um exactly you know what kind of what kind of deal he uh you know he'll he'll actually look at because uh, like and, four and seven four for 70 would be like just slightly over half of what he would have gotten um with an early extension so four for 70 instead of like four for 16 or for 116 like you said um that's what 60 65 percent of uh kind of what he could have gotten and is, is he happy with like i don't know it's just fascinating like where would that number be where he thinks okay that's good security for me and, and this is a good deal for me and at the same point where's that line for the bucks where is it okay this isn't an unnecessary like i mean it's an unnecessary risk that they're taking but how how big of a risk is it how much guaranteed money are we giving them like i i'm just fascinated where that line is and if they could come together and something like that yeah and and i mean my first reaction when when the injury happened was oh well there goes his contract extension you know he's gonna have to be he's gonna hit restricted free agency in in 2018 and then who knows where he'll be you know He'll be only a few months likely from having come back from, you know, a second ACL tear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it's unlikely that he will come back and, you know, be that impressive uh, in that span. So he'll go into restricted free agency basically, you know, not having put up big numbers and having proven that he's 100% healthy. Um, but I could see the Bucks doing an extension. You know, I think the type of person he is um, and we've seen obviously the Bucks reward people that they like as people i mean hell miles Plumley got 52 million dollars right (laughs) yeah if you know when you think of it they've survived bad contracts like they know they've survived in a world where miles Plumley got 52 million for four years and he was you know going to be 28 and had never been really a major producer in the nba um you know is jabari parker for four years 70 million really that big of a risk (laughs) probably not right so I, i think you know, again, if if the team is willing to to sign up for it, period, and if Jabari is, you know, looking to lock in, lock something in rather than you know, kind of roll the dice, um, then then I, I imagine it would still be north of that figure. I, I imagine it would still, you know, and again, this these are, the numbers are crazy, right? The NBA yeah. salaries at this point, you know, the numbers kind of uh, n- never cease to amaze you. But I don't know, my I think my gut reaction would be that you'd probably be looking at something closer to to twenty a year. Um, but again, uh, it's, it's all pretty abstract at this point. And, you know, uh, bucks will know more, obviously a few months from now when, when this opens up, they'll have until the end of October this fall to, to make a decision on, on an extension, um, obviously with Jabari. So they'll have obviously a pretty good sense of where he is in his rehab. And, you know, that'll be, um, what, I guess eight months from now, you know, over eight months from now. Yeah. So, um, so again, he should be 
running and jumping and, and doing stuff at that point, whether he's obviously he probably won't be necessarily close to, to playing NBA basketball, but, um, but we'll see. I, I did think it was interesting. I, I believe last, um, the, the first time he tore his ACL, I don't think they ever really released a timeline. Um, so it was interesting that they, they threw the 12 month recovery period out there, which, um, you know, for a first time tear would be pretty conservative, I would say, but, um, but we will, we will obviously see. All right. Um, apparently the Bucks are still going to play basketball this year, Frank. I, I didn't really think about that at all. Um, they have a game today on Friday. Um, it's going to be against the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Lakers are not particularly good at basketball. Um, they are 18 and 37 on the season. Um, they, and, and that's including a start to the season where, oh my gosh, I'm, what did they win? Like seven. They were 500. They were like, they were like, a, weren't they, weren't they like 10 and 10 or something like that? At yeah. One point? Like, I mean, they were not bad. I was gonna say, I think like seven and five to start the season, 10 and 10 at one point. Like, so if you want to think about that, 10 and 10 turned into 18 and 37. So eight and 27, uh, in the last 35 games. So that's, that's not good. Um, and they're not a good basketball team. What, what are you thinking about going into this game? Because, well, the Bucks are also not a good basketball team. So, um, what, what are you seeing? <laughs> I think it's a fascinating litmus test just of sort of like where the Bucks heads are at. And, you know, you're going to have guys now with more opportunity to play with Jabari out. You know, we mentioned, Obviously, Middleton, Beasley, Toledovich, those guys now have, um, you know, uh, more of a, a mandate to go out and, and pr- produce. And, and obviously, there, there are some pretty big shoes to fill, which you've already out. Um, so I think it's a, a really interesting sort of test of, of this team's ability to kind of rally around something. Um, and, and we'll see what, what that means. You know, as I mentioned, the Bucks. I want to say last time I checked, the Bucks were plus eight points per 100 with Jabari off the court and negative with him on the court. So, um, again, it's uh, an unfortunate thing we don't like to talk about, that the Bucks may be better off without Jabari Parker still, even even with how well he's played at times this season. But um, but I guess we'll we'll have to see kind of, you know, how things shake out. So, I'm, I'm you know, again, I'm, I'm probably less worried about you know what losing Jabari means in the very short term, but obviously it's, it's a huge concern long term given um, his potential and and you know how much he might still improve. So, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm. I mean, I thought the Bucks had every incentive to come out and and play with you know energy and life and blah 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 all those cliches against the Heat on Wednesday, and they came out and basically just shit the bed. So um, <laughs> so I don't know, but. But I will say this: the Lakers have an even huger incentive than the Bucks to be bad because um, if they're not in the top three this year, they lose their pick to the Sixers. Which, of course, yes, Don't, that could no, have been the Bucks. No. Yeah, we gotta say it. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta admit it. Um, the Bucks could have, uh, you know, as much as we hate to admit, the Bucks could have Joel Embiid and the Lakers pick this year, but they don't. So, um, so that's just that's just. Look, we're Bucks fans, okay? We can't have nice things. But we can have Giannis, knock on wood, and so we're just gonna have to deal with that. But anyway, um, but yeah, so it's it, the Lakers are in a weird spot because they, as you said, they started well, and um, but they do have this very strong incentive to be, to, to finish in the top three. And um, as we've discussed, the the lottery standings are very strange because uh, you know unless you're 
unless you're one of those, you know, maybe bottom two teams, uh, everybody else is sort of, I don't know, perilously close to being yeah. in the mid to late lottery. Um, and and so it's it's puts everybody in kind of a weird spot. Um, I guess some things to get excited about if you do want to feel some sort of excitement, joy, happiness. Um, one, I'm not sure. What's that? Be, I'm not sure being a Bucks fan is for you. What are those um, but if you do want to do those things, uh, they're fifth in the league in pace. Uh, defensive rating is second last. Um, offensive rating isn't particularly good. Um, they do. They are in the top 10 in the league in three-point attempts, uh, so they could possibly take advantage of the Bucks. Uh, and this is, again, we always take a look at how many threes the other team shoots um, and kind of they could take advantage of the Bucks scheme. Uh, so that might be something, but it could just end up turning into a, a bit of a shootout, fast pace, um, and those type of games always seem to to be quite conducive to Giannis Adetokounmpo's skills. Um, By the way, we need to see Thon Maker tonight. I mean, like, Jason Kidd, throw us a bone here. We just lost Jabari. Give us some goddamn Thon Maker. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree with that. I think some of the intrigue in this game, if there is intrigue in this game and still intrigue in this season um, for any of the Encore product is, who starts at, at the four? How do the Bucks try to kind of manage jabari's 30 plus minutes a night um how how do they fill those 34 35 minutes um and jason kidd was very coy about it today because of course he was um so we'll see if it's some mirza with the starters beasley with the starters um thon with the starters spencer hawes uh with the starters so it it's going to be interesting to see how they try to fill that um, and kind of how they try to create a rota- uh, rotation now with Jabari out. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't care, man. Just give me Giannis and Thon. That's that's what <laughs> I feel like for a lot of us, that's what uh, the rest of the season is about. Giannis, Thon, and uh, Chris Middleton not hurting his hamstring. That's that's basically job one. And uh, everything else is, is secondary. So last last year in this I, fixture... I'd feel a lot more comfortable Giannis if Giannis had would, a triple-double. If you I want, I want to give me a Giannis triple double while we're at it. By the way, yeah, why not? We've had two of those this year. Come on, come on, man. We took the under on that. I, th- I, th- I know I took the under on the on the Giannis triple double that we discussed earlier this season. But I don't want to be this this right on the, yeah. <laughs> the Giannis. Yeah, under. we don't need that. <laughs> we, we he's got plenty of room to get some triple doubles before uh, before that's in danger. I was gonna say, I think you you and I need to stop listing the things that are going to make us happy the rest of the season because oh, it was not going to happen. Yeah. We we did it once and well that well yeah it's, it didn't go well um because one of the things is already gone um all right I, I think that's good enough for today we went super long but i do think there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with jabari um and maybe we could save some of it for later but i do think it, certainly my twitter mentions would say there's a lot of people that are asking a lot of the same questions we talked about today so hopefully we answered some of those if you have any more let us know over the weekend um and then we can try to answer some of those on monday as well um but that's that's going to be it for us today on locked on bucks bucks lakers tonight um that was frank men i'm eric name and this has been locked on bucks we will talk to you on monday